The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Okay, got our imaginary levels back. Magic levels. Imaginary magic levels. There we go. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elden, I mean, Dane and Derek show. Uh, (laughs) My name is Derek, and I'm one of your two co-hosts. I make a lot of movies and play a lot of tabletop games, and joining me today is my good friend, Dane, as always. Hi, uh, I'm Dane. I am no, well, I'm not not an Elden Ring maniac. I'm just not going to be a maniac about Elden Ring on this show this week. Um, I write, um, I've made podcasts and uh, music in the past. Uh, Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, and I'm doing good. I'm doing good, you know. It's been a pretty busy April. Um, I started the month off going Mm, to mm. a film festival. Uh, yeah, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is our topic for the day, film festivals. Uh, because we've had a lot of experience in that world going to and being a part of. And this past, like this first April, this this first weekend in April, I went up to Eugene, Oregon for Disorient, Asian American Film Festival of Oregon. And that was the first film festival I've had a film programmed at since I was a student. Um, and yeah. really since high school. So... It was kind of a big deal, uh, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I think because of the film festival circuits and the, my films in the film festival circuits, which, um, as I mentioned, I think two weeks ago, my film, um, my new film, Synagogue, will be playing in L.A. in on May 10th, and nice. it'll be playing in Sacramento now uh, as well, uh, sometime in May as well. And it'll be playing in Houston in June. Um, so, yeah. And then also Heroes Pizza, the pizza movie. Um, mm. After not being programmed at one festival twice, it finally got programmed at that festival. And it's also playing in May, May 14th. Um, That's awesome. Which, Congratulations. Yeah, it's, That's it's kind yeah, of thank a floodgate. You, like, I know. Which That's is, what I think when, is... When you mentioned to me, I think I mentioned that. Like, I was like, is this going to make it like... Do you think this is like going to lead to more? And and you didn't know at the time. Um, yeah, and I it 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 has it's led to more, um, which is pretty wild. Like it's it's a little bit overwhelming. Like being on the end of being like a filmmaker now and having to submit all the materials that they need to program mm-hmm. the film, market the film, screen the film is pretty surreal. Because when we were in high school, we would you know collect all that stuff from filmmakers to yeah do said films like i don't know if we made dcps at biff um which biff for those who don't know is the boulder international film festival mm-hmm. um, you can go to their website biff1.com because there's already another biff boston yeah. independent film festival yep. um <laughs> or is that no it's oh i can't remember no it's boston international film festival iffb mm-hmm. boston Inter- independent film festival of boston is what i'm thinking of iffb is really mm. cool i've never been to biff in boston but biff in boulder boulder international <laughs> film festival um is where we spent a lot of time in high school uh programming yeah. for the the youth like the youth uh, portion of the festival right that's basically what we yes for. so yeah. my i'll just go over my my experience with film festivals just big 
100 yard look at it. Um, so early high school, I attended the Boulder International Film Festival for the first time. Um, was kind of like, just kind of like in a little bit of awe at it. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Um, next year, I I joined uh, the youth section of the of the of the festival uh which was very much about putting on um films for students and over time it grew into like workshops and hosting uh, a portion of the festival with student made short films um by the end of our time there uh with each successive year i started bringing more of my film friends like derek in along the way uh Later in high school, I started attending the Sundance International Film Festival, and then I kind of fell off with it in college because I didn't have the money or time uh, for it. Um, I think I submitted one film one year to the, um, the, 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 the student film festival that got in, I believe. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the yes. Uh, I it was a documentary. Your doc. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, you were the doc guy back in the day. Yep. I I the most of the films I made were documentaries. Um, I don't know why they were really fun to make. I think I partially just wanted to be outside making a thing. It was definitely yeah. part of it. Um, but what about a you? Doc what's is your... a very accessible way to do it. Totally. What's what? What's your experience with film festivals? Because it's, it's at this point, it's longer and more varied than mine well yeah i mean it starts pretty much the same way right Mm -hmm. you pitched me on joining biff i didn't join biff and then the next year i did (laughs) yeah yeah i forgot that the first year you didn't you didn't uh yeah you You talked a lot about it it. you talked a lot about it and then i was like you know what i can do it and dane can drive so (laughs) this works out um so we did that i mean we spent a lot of time with will and clara um like, and then Sam. And then the Sam eventually, which was fantastic. Um, met a lot of cool people. Like, uh, like Interestingly, though, I didn't bring Sam into it. Um, oh, really? No. Uh, the reason I had already known Sam is because Sam was on my ultimate Frisbee team. The right, prior year. right. Sports. Um, Gotta go, go to the sports. Gotta do a sports um, thing. Um, and so he yeah. and I, he showed up. Um, to the interview process and I was like hey Sam good to see you I didn't know you were interested in film I would have recommended it and then I was like uh, I already know Sam so I'm going to sit out of this interview you know like yeah I'm um, gonna vouch for him yeah um, I want to I want to point out I was not a part of the interviewing process for mm-hmm. Derek Will or Clara or Sam um, yeah so they all Try they all got in on their own Trying to think of who else: Danny, Julia, uh, Malia, mm-hmm. uh, Hunter. Oh, what was his name? Hunter. Yeah, there, there was there was that guy that who I know his last name. It's Velasquez. Um, oh damn! Eth- is it Ethan? No. Oh, he was awesome though. He was awesome, and um, I remember when he met me, he was like, oh, you're a lot shorter than I thought you'd be once you stood up. <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me, and I was like, ha That is yeah. not, not a great first impression. Um, it's because I have a long torso. What was that? Anson was an amazing Anson. editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ruth, Patty. Shout out to Ruth and Patty. Love them. Um, like, they were our, I guess, like, facilitators, like, yeah. the adults in the room. Yep. Um. 
So yeah, we would do that basically every Tuesday and then did that for two years. You offered me a ticket to go with you to Sundance, but I couldn't go for one reason or another. And that was, I still think about that. I still, I still wish I was able to go. Um, And then in college, I went to a handful of independent film festivals in Boston just to view. I took a film festival class, like a programming class. Oh, cool. Um, And then most of my festival experience up until I moved to LA was pretty much just getting rejection letters, (laughs) you know, Um, you know, sending films out and getting rejected constantly. Uh, And then when I moved to LA, my roommate, Katie, uh, who's edited a lot of my films, she had Mm -hmm. a job at an editing studio and her boss's boss um, is one of the board members at Visual Communications, which does the Los Angeles Asian Pacific uh, Film Festival. Hmm. And she got me in touch with him. And he got me in touch with the executive director there. Wow. And from there, I started going to various events and was eventually was like trying to help out where I can. I volunteered for various fundraisers. And through that, I met a bunch of people at Tuesday Night Project who also worked at the festival, who I now hmm. make movies with. And now we're all going back this year to LA PFF with a film, which is pretty wild. Um, so yeah, I, in, yeah. In, in, and I guess because I, I, I've been doing film, film festivals have been a part of that journey and that process. Yeah. Um, but I will say those, those two years I was on staff at BIF were invaluable to, you know, going into film school with that knowledge and going into LA with still that knowledge from high school like a lot of those things that we learned about programming shorts and like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, we should be looking at 10 minute shorts or less because then we can program more shorts or, oh, right. we should and be coming up with really good questions for filmmakers or we should avoid it, filmmakers that don't want to answer questions or that, you know, seem really calloused or something because they're not nice people to interview in front of people. Like those yeah. are things that I really, that really impacted me. And that I think about a lot still. Like I think a lot about how to conduct myself around people at festivals because, yeah, programmers do not want to program someone who is a jerk or who doesn't want to answer mm-hmm. questions or who doesn't want to say like I don't remember how I did that or like to say things like oh I don't I don't really care about this movie you know like I don't know. We, we, yeah. we, we, <laughs> among all the good things we did at Biff, we did meet some jerks who were filmmakers, which I think totally. like. Oh, kind of totally opened up did. my like the viewpoint of like oh yeah like the industry isn't so glamorous or so like like not everyone's like doing it with the best intentions right um, it's not all rosy you know like we we yeah. we met jerks it was you know our side of it we we were doing a very small part of the whole festival but we mm-hmm. saw things from other people's perspective and the truth is you know a lot of them like it, it's it's always also very very valuable i think to see that the festival is not this monolith that, you know, it was a bunch of people doing their best and a ton of volunteers in a yeah. really tiny office in Boulder that like the gatekeepers are not what they seem, you know, Yes, that yeah. these, that these films are going in front of real people, you know, um, and that this, because I, for people who aren't super aware of how like film 
stuff works. Like there's, there's, you know, there's the indie scene. There's like, um, which is kind of in the vest, the basically the festival scene. And then there's, you know, your Hollywood, your Bollywood, your Chinese um, and European, like, um, uh, this is a video Arenas. game term, but your, 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 your AAA studios. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then of course there's been some sort of like some disruptors, right? Like there's been like YouTube for a while was kind of a disruptor in that, in that space. Um, yeah. And the like, uh, though YouTube didn't kind of really stick around in like the narrative filmmaking format very mm. long. It kind of peaked with like video game high school, I think. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but, but the, all that, all that kind of to the side, uh, the festival scene is kind of where smaller filmmakers who don't want to go, like you could go be, you know, uh, an assistant producer, like it's probably it's really relatively speaking of course it is not that hard to get yourself working in professional films in Los Angeles um like as long as you're willing to be some garbage gaffer at first or like really work your set yourself up right. the, the 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 pole and the truth be told you're probably never going to be Scorsese right like Mm-hmm. You need to be making your own films to become those people in a sense. Right. Right. Yeah. And the way you do that is you make independent films through the festival circuit. Um, yes. That's where people like. Um, uh, Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, Vin didn't, Diesel. Didn't Taika um, Waititi start in yep, festival? Taika Waititi did the, uh, did, did, did the Sundance circuit. Jimmy yes. Clement, Sterling Harjo. Wes Anderson, um, probably Wes Anderson he, can uh, was his big break, I believe. Yes. Can, and so there um, are, there yeah. are, there are tears to the festival circuit, of course, like, y- yes. you know, like you have your I big say, S's. <laughs> yes. You have your Sundance, Sundance, you have your slam dance, your South by <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the LA international, uh, the New York international, like the yeah. London international, the region, the can, I think the can F- film festival might be like, the utter top of the of the film festival yeah can berlinale or Mm. berlin um those are really big um then you have your tribeca's your telluride's your toronto's yep Yep. um so these 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 top tier film festivals tend to a lot of the really good films from there will go into like uh general audience um filming uh, film yeah. screenings they'll go they'll be and that's where like your kind of weird indie films come from at your normal movie theater um yeah. but there are other sides to all of these festivals like that's where short films live now yeah um you know it's it's the only place they they basically like live and get seen and and so there's these tiers for younger filmmakers to start working up the ladder of like and some people never really leave the festival circuit either um right and some people don't really want to and i can't really blame them right because when you start yeah. getting into the, the 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 film festivals are kind of like the last place you can go as a filmmaker before you have to start handing over a certain amount of control to mm-hmm. the studios right yeah um like it's taiko nice watiti between yeah yes yeah like taiko watiti and wes anderson can basically make whatever film they want to a point if Taika Waititi wants to go make a uh, a Thor movie, then he gives up some creative control to do that, 
right? Right. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's that's kind of what these are. Um, and it's it's got some. There's they are kind of magical because the way they work is like for a week or a weekend, um, just hundreds of movies get screened. And, yeah. you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a festival. People come in and, and they, and they visit for it and the filmmakers mm-hmm. come and get interviewed and there are like workshops and um, like tents and events. It's like a music festival. There's food. Yeah. There's food <laughs> and parties. Oh, the, the opening gala for the Portland International Film. Oh, like I didn't goodness, like prom, yeah. like I fucking hated prom, but like every the year the, was the opening gala for the film festival was like my prom. Um, you yeah. know, you'd, you'd dress nice. You, I'd bring a date. Like it was awesome. Fucking mm-hmm. loved that. Um, yeah, that, that, so that stuff was awesome. Like it's, it's a very fun event and it's a celebration of the art of filmmaking. That is somewhat different than the, than, than going to the movie theater. Um, yeah, is. it's, it's very raw. It's very, it's one step up above what you can do on your own and it's one step below what you can do with a studio. And so yes. it is truly in this weird boat of like, there's not a lot of money behind it, but there's an incredible I, amount of passion behind it. And they kind of yeah. balance each other out in a way that you really can't find elsewhere. It's it's really difficult to find. Right. Um, but to be true, truth be told, there is money behind it. It's just a different sort of money. It's not the, right. it's not corporate money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same sort of money that's behind like big art galleries in New York city. Yeah. It's a lot of like really rich individuals or smaller organizations. It's not, it's not the Disney Marvel machine. Um, right. And it's so, like your sub $10 million movies. Basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, like, Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, there are like hundred thousand dollar movies that win at Cannes. Not often right. these days, but frequently. Yeah, it it happens. It's it's one of those things where like when it does happen, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, though to be fair, a ton of a ton of movies that were made for way less than hundred thousand dollars do get shown at Cannes every year. Right, like mm-hmm. it's about as accessible as this very inaccessible art gets. Um. Yeah, and it's an and, and the and the and the, uh, the, uh, the like the the thing too is that like something I probably should have mentioned at the top of this episode is that you do have to pay to submit your film to these festivals. Yes, um, and there's no guarantee that you'll get in. Uh, no. and so in some ways it, it is it is the mo- it is the most accessible way to get your film seen in the most traditional sense possible. Cause like you, mm-hmm. you could just upload your film to YouTube. Yeah. But then it's in the ocean of YouTube and it's not playing in a theater, which I know for a lot of movie people, that's a big goal of theirs is to have it play in a theater. Um, I know that for me, that's a goal. Um, yeah. and for some people that might not matter. And if it doesn't matter, then, you know, maybe YouTube or Vimeo is a good sp- spot for it. But I think for me, it's like seeing it in front of a live audience and getting the, a film in front of the right people because I think one of the most influential things that, like moments that I think I remember from Biff um, was remember that short film about the the kid that's sent to go break up with with the, with the, with that woman, um, yes, for her boyfriend. Yep. Remember remember after that Q and A, like we found out that some guy in the audience cut 
that filmmaker a check. He cut her a check for X amount of money she needed to like develop the idea. Uh-huh. Um, and that like blew me away that just some random guy in the audience did that. And it's like, that doesn't happen every time. It doesn't happen every day, but it does happen, right? You make yeah. a film that resonates with people in a way that, you know, you simply, it's not that you can't find it online with people commenting on it, but it's different when like you have a shared experience with people and, uh, they do yeah. something like that or they tell you something like, or like, I don't know, like th- there's nothing quite like being in a room full of people laughing or a room f- full of people crying, especially at a yeah. festival. Um, and yeah, like I always think about the fact that like on the internet, y- the numbers that you need to reach to feel like you've shown your work to a ton of people are so high. Yeah. Right? Whereas like if you show your film to 200 300 people at a festival in a theater that doesn't feel the same as 200 300 people watching your your film on youtube it does not feel the same at all um because you see every face reacting and like you said part of what a film festival is is it's the festival brings the audience the audience Typically, when you when you are in attendance of a festival, like Sundance is one, was the my big experience with this, where it's like you have to basically buy your tickets in July, and the festival's in like January, and they do not announce what films are going to be there yet. They're like, no, you get to buy some tickets or a pass to yeah. the film festival, and then you then they show you what movies are coming. So the mm. audience just wants to come see cool films. Like exactly, that's what the festival does: is it creates an audience. And then puts the right movies in front of that audience. Um, yeah. Like people like often will bash gatekeepers or curators, but they're, I actually am personally of the mind that um, so long as they are not um, doing so toxic in a toxic way, those roles are actually often very, very important for finding new talent and helping people out. Like, yeah. Um, and, and so you know, like part of what you're doing, if you get your film into a festival, like you have is the festivals being like it, the deal kind of is, is the festival saying like, we'll find you your audience for you. Yeah. Um, if we accept your film into our festival, we think you fit with our work and our ethos and our audience will like your, your piece. Um, so we'll find it for you. Um, we have, mm-hmm. we bring the audience, you bring the film. Um, and, there's a lot of benefit to that, right? Because that's where you, you meet people and you, there's a networking aspect and you get your name out that, right? Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically like in, you know, in a very corporate way to look at it, right? Like you make a film, it gets into a film festival and then that becomes like your calling card, your business card yep. while you're there. And you get to talk to people and get to learn a lot. Like totally. I think, that was probably the most valuable experience that we, you know, we had at Biff was getting to just hang out with these filmmakers, yeah, you know, for the duration of the weekend mm-hmm. and getting just to talk to them about movies or their life or like a- anything really. Um, I think a lot about the guy that made that climbing documentary. Um, yeah. He, he was really great. He was a really fun person to chat with just, mm-hmm. you know, just, just in general. And I think like, when I was at Disorient like two weeks ago now, just getting to hang out with 
other filmmakers and just like hear, you know, not even about their process, just like the little things they do every day, you know, like what foods they eat, what, like, like, like how they like their coffee, whether or not they even need coffee, um, all (laughs) those little things. It's, it's really interesting. Like, and it's, it's very much like, uh, it's very much like a film festival is like lightning in a bottle. You know, mm-hmm. it exists yep. for a very specific period of time and it'll never exist in that specific incarnation ever again. Nope. And so to be there for it is like really special. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and yeah. <laughs> I will say there is no going to a movie like going to a festival movie. Like yeah. every time I go to the normal theater, like it's all, it's a little bit like that. Like, you know, that feeling of like maybe you, a movie you adore, you got to see in the theater. And it's never mm-hmm. going to quite be like that again. Um, the festival is like that times 10 because yeah. the likelihood that you'll ever get like the likely, like, okay, let's say um, like I saw um, uh, the force awakens three mm-hmm. or four times in the theater. Um, Damn. Because I really, I really, really liked the force awakens in particular. Um mm-hmm before any of the prequel or sequel trilogy kind of got a little off the rails. Um, uh, looking at you episode nine. Um, but, but I saw that many times with a film festival. You can't even do that. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't like maybe, maybe, maybe a a film is being shown at multiple festivals and you could go hunt it down again, but that's a pain in the ass. And like, that's expensive as hell. Yeah. Like, that's it. And if, and, and odds on, you may never even get a chance to like own that movie on DVD or something because oh, yeah. they're never going to, they're never going to get made that way. The, like it's literally like, especially with like the short films that's gotten a little better because YouTube and Vimeo exist and you can find some of those again, but like, that's it. Like you, you got your, you get your one shot to see these things and it's amazing. And it's so cool. Yeah. And usually the theaters are packed. Um, no matter what size the theater itself is like, mm-hmm. um, and so it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a very cool experience. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to like ignore some of like the, there are downsides, right? They can be oh, yeah. kind of elitist and et cetera. Um, yeah. But it also, you know, to that point though, I think it depends on the festival, right? Like I think, there are a fair number of festivals that are out there to take your money and use you, right? But there's mm-hmm. also some really great festivals that, like, once you know the humans behind it, you know, you're in it, right? Like, like, and I think that's that's also a very intrinsic part of festivals is, like, you know, like, everyone talks about how, like, the only way to get into Sundance is to know one of the programmers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that sentiment is very true. Like you have to be friends with the, with like all these festivals because they are a way for you to find an audience. And they're also people. They're not yeah. just, you know, like they're, they're not computers feeding a corporate mm-hmm. machine, you know? And I think yeah. like to a certain and, extent, right? Like, like, yeah, you go. And and the truth is like when you get to the, the rank of like Sundance can all of that, the number of, of submissions that they get is so high as to uh, as to basic, basically it's impossible for them mm-hmm. to watch them all, even with their resources. 
Right. So at that point, you do start kind of needing recommendations, like literally. Um, I rarely begrudge that on their part. Yeah. Um, I I wish it was a little more um, transparent and, and such, but yeah. And, and like, that's the thing though, is that's why, you know, you're not starting trying to get into Sundance and can, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That is definitely something worthwhile talking about. The festival strategy. Da, da, da. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, you can narrow it down to there's your locals, your regionals, your, like, specific film festivals, and then, your, like, your your big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, so, like, Biff is, like, a regional festival, right? Um, yes, yes. B- yeah, Biff is what I would call a regional festival. And then if like Louisville had a festival, that I would call that a local festival. Um, and then you have like, you know, like your more specialty film festivals, like food film festivals, or your Fantasia, your fantasy and science fiction film festivals. Or in mm. my case, Asian American festivals, or like yeah. Latinx film festivals, you know, or like th- those kind of fall into that S tier special. And then you got like mm. your big industry ones. Yeah. Basically, when I made my film, I knew that I wasn't quite ready to start submitting things to the big levels. But I knew that if I could make a film that would get into the special tiers, specifically the Asian American Film Festival circuit, I knew that that would at least give me enough space and time to grow and learn how to be at festivals and how to mm-hmm. navigate that scene. And also give me another, like, a bit, like you know, another, uh, I guess, like, not like a milestone, but it would it would help me understand what it takes to make a festival film in today's world in mm-hmm. a way that I could then bring to like a big Sundance level, right? So in a way, like I, I strategized and I was like, okay, let me make a film that I'm not I'm not really aiming to put it in Sundance. Yeah. So that means that now my my deadlines are all changed because all the festivals, like the locals, the regionals, the specials, and the big ones all happen at different times of the year. Your big ones happen January through March. Your specials happen April through June, July. And then like your regionals happen through like um, July through like February of the next year. Yeah, um, the regional kind of ones kind of have the long, they have the long path. Yeah. Because usually, so, because that also has to do with sort of like the, the like the can, the, the very top tier. Yes, premier are So yeah, the premier ones, they're sort of at the top. They have that time slot of like when their films go because- uh, film studios in like Hollywood will scoop from the top of them, basically. Yes, and uh, because them later. yeah, release them throughout the rest of the year, often as sort of Oscar bait. Yeah. Um. So th- to to be able to do that, they do kind of need to have a timing. There's a timing thing for that. So yeah, the regional yeah. ones kind of happen a bit throughout the year. Um, yes, it kind of varies based on like what's a good season to come visit the state you're in. Um, like February is always like a hit or miss winter in Colorado when Biff happens. Yeah. There was yep. one year it happened in March, right? Um, um, that was the year after we left. Um, okay, it was yeah. that was the year it was like Sam and Will on their own? Um, because that was their that was their their like twentieth anniversary, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, so it it varies, and I think like basically you want to like it's like such a delicate game because like you have to make a film, finish it, or get it almost finished in time to submit it to festivals. Mm-hmm. 
finish it if it's not finished before the notification date. So you can resubmit basically, like write a nice email saying like, hey, here's my finished film with its color grade and its final sound pass. So mm-hmm. ignore the the ungraded, unsounded footage that I sent over. Because um, you can do that with festivals, but it, I don't recommend it. I recommend submitting a finished piece because it's really hard to change someone's opinion once they've seen an unfinished piece. Yeah. Um, but basically, you have to like time it. And like, I got very lucky with Cinegong. Like, you know, like we started pre-production in like September. I had locked my lead. So I'd locked my lead actor in May. We started pre-production in September. We mm-hmm. shot the film in November. And the deadline yeah. for pretty much all these festivals that I've just gotten into was December 15th, almost a month after we finished principal photography. So yeah. we basically had one month to do the edit, the color, and the sound mix, which mm-hmm. was rough. The edit was the easiest yeah. part. The film was basically edited by the time we were done because Katie is, is a god and was editing on set. It just took like an extra like two weeks to kind of get color and sound to kind of like match up and to get some like festival materials ready. Because that's the other thing about film festivals. Festivals love a good film with a good amount of materials like posters, stills, behind the scenes photos, director mm-hmm. bios, director mm-hmm. statements, a full cast and crew list. Festivals love The movie needs a story. That. Yeah, the movie needs a story. It's why they often will show a lot of documentaries because documentaries yeah. tend to have a ton of story around them. Yes, and it's and like intrinsically, the filmmaker is a part of that narrative, and I think that's something that like in today's world is maybe a little bit easier to kind of sink into because of like the vlogger culture on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But basically, yeah. yeah, in a way, you do have to picture yourself as a filmmaker. Um, like. I don't know, like you can go to like my website and see like my bio. That's the bio that I send to pretty much every film festival. Um, and you know, it's, it's got, it's got a little bit of a narrative in there of like where I'm going, what I want to do, who I am and what my films are about. And that's like a really great way to kind of get people on board with it. And then also like, I have a little like thing about little blurb about like, you know, like synagogue is a film about making a dish. It's about making a soup, but like, just like you know, but like everyone has a kind of dish like this that connects you with, with your with your family and your culture and your life and your hobbies and your passions, and that's what this film is about. Yada yada yada. I don't remember the rest. Um, I spent a lot of time, you know, wordsmithing that. But having those kinds of things, plus like a poster and all that stuff, it feels very like oh, that's not my my like. It feels very much like oh, that's not my job as a filmmaker. But when you're in the indie scene like this and you're submitting to festivals, it, it is kind of your job. Like there's so much you have to carry outside of just like writing and directing a movie mm-hmm. that I think is often overlooked when submitting to a festival because film because they want to see someone that has a narrative that they could envision working with at the festival for years to come and that they can yeah. see who would be, you know, an interesting person to talk to and do a Q&A with. You know, mm-hmm. that I think is like the the big uh, thing there with that. And um, it's it's a very, it's like, uh, it's like applying to college over yep. and over again, yep. um, submitting to film festivals. And that's like a really interesting state of being uh, <laughs> when you're totally. constantly submitting your work and you're pouring your soul out there and... You know, for years I got rejections. I maybe I have I don't know, like maybe a hundred rejections from festivals. It's quite a bit of money I've poured into this to submit my films to festivals, and it's only now, you know, maybe like 
close to a decade after, you know, I started and, you know, almost in like eight years after like my last film was programmed that I'm finally now getting back into the circuit. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's a, it's tough. It's a tough world. And to stand out, you really have to, you really have to know yourself and know your film and know what you want out of a festival, I think is the key, right? Cause you can submit your film to tons of festivals, but I found that it's better to submit your film to a handful that are more specific to the film you have than to just everywhere because not only is it cheaper, but you're really taking into account the audience that this film will be playing in front of. Yeah. Cause by the, by the time you start making films for regional festivals and above, you basically are need to be making utterly fully professional films. Yeah. That are for with the intention of a relatively broad audience, yes. a, an artistic audience, and with an indie eye, definitely. Mm-hmm. But you need to be thinking on that scale, yeah. um, which is a it's a different level. Which is why these things have tears, and why you, it's you know like the next film you have that you're gonna. I'm assuming you will do a round of submissions with. You will. I imagine you will likely submit to some of the same festivals you've submitted to once before, and maybe the next tier up the um like the local to like sub regional festivals right yep yeah um, i mean that is you are exactly right that is the idea it's to make a film that is still specific to my voice but a little bit more broad in the sense of being able to reach a wider range of people so mm-hmm. yeah so i could put it in biff so i could put it in like new york international or los angeles international so i maybe have a slim chance at Sundance, but that's not the big priority. It's, it's getting it to all these other festivals where, you know, all those people go to Sundance, right? And all those programmers from Sundance go to these festivals, right? It's, it's getting it in that lateral pool. It's slowly growing the lake of which I'm living in until it's an ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, you guessed it exactly right. That is the, that is the next hopeful goal, which, uh, Right. Uh, starting that process again is is a uh, is definitely uh, it takes energy. Yeah, we should do an episode on starting the process of something new, and just how just slow it is. In general. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I'm in that process right now as I'm touring this film around. I'm starting mm-hmm. something new, and it's definitely uh, a very weird contrasted energy to be carrying around. But totally, this was really great. We should do a part yeah. two sometime. Um, and also maybe we should try, you know, this would be wild, but I wonder if, it, <laughs> you know, it'd be really cool if we did a live episode of Biff. Um, <laughs> I don't know cool. how that'd work. I don't, I don't know how it would work either, but that'd be, but that'd be cool. Ruth or Patty, if you're listening to our show, <laughs> uh, uh help us <laughs> i don't know don't don't no, ignore me uh <laughs> but um yeah no that'd be cool i'm oh man we should go to biff sometime we um, should i'll, I'll we try should. to come back in february next year and we can go to biff uh that'd be a lot of fun it'd be good to see some films there because uh and go to the Boulderado. oh mm. what a beautiful hotel yeah um and the boulder theater what a great theater uh well we're definitely at time. <laughs> definitely, definitely. This will definitely warrant a part two. Um, but thank you all for listening uh, to us just ramble about uh, film festivals and mm-hmm. 
the process of it and just our feelings on it. This was a, shall I say, a good app. A good app indeed. Um, well, with that, everyone, you can follow the show at Dan and Derek everywhere. And uh, you can see the movies I'm making on my website, DerekAiello.com, which I'll probably have links to where you can buy tickets to see my movie because um, I think some of them will be virtual. So I don't think they'll be region locked. Um, so yeah, Dane, where are you existing? Uh, you can find me, you can find me at danewrites.com. Oh, there's links out to my Substack where you can find examples of my writing. Um, also links to my podcast music. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff and good apps. Happy filmmaking, <laughs> everyone. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you in the next one. Catch you later. <laughs>